So I've been telling you guys about betonline.ag for a while, and there's a bunch of different reasons for that. One of which, it's an awesome website. Two is I know a lot of you like to make the games a little bit more interesting, which I can respect. And the way to do that is at betonline.ag using the code PODCAST1 so that you do get the 50% welcome bonus. It's also just been fun. I've been talking trash with guys like Shaq and Adam Carolla as we go at each other in this podcast one Sportsnet challenge. I cannot lose to those guys, right? I mean, I cannot lose to those guys in this challenge. So hopefully I will not. I'm tied for second with Shaq right now in the podcast one Sportsnet challenge. So come on, man. I mean, Shaq's made a bazillion dollars. He doesn't need to be given some of his listeners $100 credits. I do. So I need to win. I need to beat him out. And you need to make sure that you're there, ready, and available to get that $100 credit by going to betonline.ag and using the promo code PODCAST1 so that next time I win, I tweet out, hey, I won again. You can hit me up right away with your account number, betonline.ag. It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And if you still not found a place to make your wagers, how about even just some prop bets? That Evan gives you based on his knowledge of these fantasy dudes. BetOnline.ag is your place using the promo code PODCAST1. Evan, we don't mess around on part two. We get right into the Sunday night games, or Sunday afternoon late games, then the Sunday night game, then the Monday night game. Can't wait for you to drop more knowledge. I think most of you already know Evan is a great follow on Twitter. Always very timely tweets. Uh, very insightful tweets at Evan Sylvan. I really mean that, Evan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and Instagram. Hopefully, Evan, hopefully you think I'm insightful and timely and whatever. You know what is, by the way, a lot of you have taken advantage of because they tell me these things, which is great. Lightstream. I love Lightstream. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 6.14% APR with AutoPay. Compare that to the national average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. So you can get a loan from these guys for like $5,000 up to $100,000. So if you were like a lot of people and you found yourself in credit card debt, no big deal. It happens to a lot of folks out there. It's only a big deal in my mind if you don't do the right thing now and consolidate those bad boys and stop paying crazy amounts, they'll give you a loan. You can pay off the credit cards. Then you just pay them the 6.14%. And you guys can actually even save more with an additional rate discount. But the only way to get the discount is your lightstream.com slash feast. L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-N m.com slash feast subject of course to credit approval rate includes 0.5 percent auto pay discount terms and conditions apply 
and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash feast for more information. Next meal. All right, Evan, let's get into it. Part two, we'll start with the Raiders and the Cardinals. Not exactly an exciting matchup in real life or in fantasy. Unless you have the Cardinals fantasy defense, that is. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals fantasy defense. So, Cardinals are, you know, I know that everybody thinks they stink, but they actually have a good pass rush. And, uh, you know, their play caller, Byron Leftwich, has started to get things together offensively. I kind of think they might finish strong. And I definitely think they're going to win this week. And I definitely think that Chandler Jones is going to whip up on Colton Miller, who can't block anybody at left tackle for the Raiders. Raiders can't block anyone in terms of pass protection. And Derek Carr is playing scared. And he's taken over three sacks in six of his last seven games. And he's spiking fourth down passes into the dirt. Um, And the Raiders have scored... 10 points or fewer in four of their last five. And they've been particularly incapable of scoring points on the road. They've actually had a couple of decent games offensively against the Browns and the Colts at home offensively. But, you know, and you could think right back to that Thursday game against uh, the 49ers, the Nick Mullins 49ers. They scored three, you know. Um, <clears throat> that was in the Bay Area, or that was at, at San Francisco. So I love the court, the Cardinals' defense plus David Johnson uh, at home against the Raiders, who can't they just can't stop a soul. And David Johnson balling again. Uh, I looked at just <clears throat> I did another uh, great uh, back of the napkin statistical projection. Uh, this week on David Johnson. So the Raiders give up 170 total yards to opposing running backs and per game. And David Johnson has 84% of, of the Cardinals uh, total yards per game among their running backs. So I went with uh, 84% of 170 and I gave David Johnson 145 total yards just to begin with. I think that that's right around his floor. And then you tack on, you know, a touchdown or two. And, I mean, he's one of the best running back plays of the week. I think he's legit a top five running back play, uh, which, you know, we've come a long way since early in the season when he was like a mid-range to low-end RB2. Um, <clears throat> Larry Fitzgerald 12 and 10 targets through two games with Byron Leftwich as play caller. Raiders have been terrible in the slot stardom. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, very interesting streamer this week. Uh, the Raiders have been just, they've just gotten trounced by tight ends all year. You know, they play a new, a different set of safeties every week. To hear Whitehead has gotten beat, you know, at linebacker for like seven touchdowns on the season. And, Ricky Seals Jones nine targets last week. Um, he has run he's run thirty seven and forty routes in the last two games. That's just ridiculous uh, numbers of routes run for Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, very boomer bust streamer 
but definitely worthy of consideration. Christian Kirk has been kind of all over the map. Um, and, you know, not, not, not the featured receiver since Byron left, which took over. He could very well have a good game this week. Raiders give up a lot of big plays, especially on the outside. Uh, but, you know, he's like a, a fringe wide receiver three slash four slash flex. Uh, I Raiders offense. I don't think so, man. Uh, we can move on to the next one. Next game, let's get to the Broncos and the Chargers. Yeah, so Broncos, man, their running game took some serious hits from a fantasy standpoint in the last two weeks. Lost their starting center, Matt Paradis, arguably their best offensive lineman. Um, That is in a company with already losing Ronald Leary to a torn Achilles. Uh, not ideal, not ideal. Uh, you know, you want your interior offensive lineman to be intact, offensive line to be intact. These are maybe your best two run blockers on the, on the team. So, and then we're bringing back Royce Freeman to to turn the backfield back into a three man timeshare. And what do we say on the first podcast about these three man timeshares? You know, you you really don't want any part of them. Philip Lindsay is going to continue to be the best option, but. Royce Freeman is going to vulture touchdowns and Devontae Booker is going to siphon passing game work. And that's, it's bad news for fantasy. Um, Case Keenum, not trying to mess with him against the Chargers. Emmanuel Sanders, you know, Desmond King has been excellent, but the Chargers uh, have, uh, have given up big games to slot receivers this year, number one. Number two, Emmanuel Sanders may start to play outside more uh, with Deshaun with Deshaun Hamilton at a Penn State coming back from his injury. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton has been about fifty percent slot, fifty percent outside. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has been like seventy percent slot, thirty percent outside. Uh, but he may run more outside routes now uh, with Deshaun Hamilton as the Broncos' new third receiver. I think that Tim Patrick. We'll go back to being the number four. Jeff Hoyerman. Uh, Hoyerman. Hoyerman. Jeez. Okay. Hoyerman. Jeff Hoyerman had a monster freaking game against the Houston Texans in week nine. Um, You know, I had been kind of on him in DFS like every week before that until then. And, of course, I didn't play him at all. That was a great matchup against the Texans too, and they removed Demarius Thomas from the offense. What a what a donkey thing to not like him or to not play him in fantasy that particular week. Um, of course, his price is now skyrocketed, and he's facing Derwin James and Jaleel Adai, and you know a Chargers defense that has been pretty good against tight ends. Although they are going to be without Denzel Perryman for the rest of the season, they already lost Kaiser White, a critical dude in coverage uh, at the linebacker position. So. Um, Hoyerman is going to have some uh, opportunities against the Chargers. I, I, you know, I'm not going to play him in daily fantasy personally, but with no Demarius, you know, he might end up being the biggest beneficiary. Corley and Sutton is still, he's not a guy that they're necessarily pushing targets to. Like, uh, he's going to get big play opportunities. He, he was very close to scoring a long touchdown 
in that game against the Texans. And of course I played him in daily fantasy that week and I wanted him to score, but uh, Sharice Wright made a very good play to knock it out at the, at the last second. And, uh, but it was like a, like a would be 40 yard touchdown that takes your game from, you know, he had like what three for 57 um, takes it from three for 57 to four for a hundred and a touchdown. And that's a massive swing in, in our, our beloved game of inches. Uh, but Cortland Sutton is going to have to deal with a lot a lot of Casey Hayward here, and I think he's a wide receiver for that, – that actually could open up a, a lot of stuff for Jeff Hireman. Hireman in the middle of the field. Uh, the Chargers, you know, they just – they're not – they don't throw the ball very much. They just really don't throw the ball very often, and that has been a problem for Phillip Rivers. I mean, he's having an incredible real-life real year. You know, and he hasn't been bad in fantasy, but he hasn't been great in any games. Uh, he has been a top ten fantasy quarterback in uh, I don't I think one game out of nine. Um, you know, and they don't when they're not pressed to you know have to score, then they're you know they 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 don't play with a whole lot of urgency, and that's fine. That's a winning formula, but it's not great for fantasy football against Denver. I think he's a fringe quarterback one without a whole lot of upside. And that means that I'm, you know, looking to play other dudes. I'm looking to play Metro Trubisky. I'm looking to play, you know, Marcus Mariota. I'm looking to play either of these guys, obviously on Thursday night, you know? Um, <clears throat> so not ideal for Phillip rivers. Uh, Keenan Allen is going to ha- get a lot of his snaps against Chris Harris in this game. I'm still starting him in season long, but lowering expectations. The best matchups go to Tyrell and Mike Williams. They just don't get a lot of targets. And so, you know, they've got to make do on four to five targets a game, which makes them very touchdown dependent. I don't think that the the Chargers are going to be pressured to score here, you know, at all, really. I think it's going to be like a, I don't know, 24, 27, uh, or uh, like I'll say like 27 to 17 type of game. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't think that, that necessarily bodes well for uh, like one of them might score a touchdown, but probably not both. Uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has been incredible this year, and I expect that to continue against Denver. Broncos are not going to get back Brandon Marshall. Uh, at inside linebacker after their bye. And, uh, you know, the as like a major home favorite here uh, the char- for the Chargers, Melvin Gordon uh, is, in a, is in a great position to continue to smash. Austin Eckler had a touchdown call back last week, but he just has not been getting the rock very much. Nothing doing at tight end for this team. We can move on to the next one. Next game. The Eagles and the Saints. Both teams have the potential to put up a bunch of points. My guess is the Saints will, and the Eagles somehow will not. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm being optimistic on the Eagles this week, you know, and I, I was too optimistic on them last week. Uh, Carson Wentz did have a good fantasy game, but. They were very disappointing as a team. Again, I just I don't know what is the deal with their fourth down defense. I mean, they they play pretty good defense for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter they just completely collapse. And 
it's really been a recurring theme, you know, and it's stuck out against uh, the Cowboys and it stuck out against the Panthers uh, in that game where they were kind of in control the entire game and then Cam came back against them. Um, I, I, I'm sticking with Carson Wentz. He, he's way underpriced in daily fantasy. Uh, I like the, just the makeup of this game because both of these teams can stop the run. Now I understand that Ezekiel Elliott just ran all over the Eagles, but uh, for the most part, the Eagles have been a really good run defense this year. Hopefully they can get back Tim Jernigan this week. I think that would even like raise the scoring probability on both sides. You, you want these teams to not be running the ball. You want them to be throwing the ball. You know, throwing the ball stops the clock. Throwing the ball raises your probability of scoring touchdowns. Throwing the ball, you know, uh, raises your expectation in terms of yards per play. I mean, the average yards per play of a rushing play is, you know, four. The average uh, uh, expectation for a, a passing play between these teams is probably like eight and a half or maybe even nine. So, you know. You want these teams throwing, and I think that they will be. I mean, it goes without saying Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, just the the ultimate stack in DFS this week. Um, I actually like Traquan Smith to bounce back. Uh, a lot of he's going to get like hate dropped in, in a lot of leagues this week, uh, but his usage was all that all that you know is it it was very very normal. Um, he, he just didn't get any targets, but he ran his usual number of routes, played his usual number of snaps. Uh, just the same, the flow of the game boded poorly for Traquan Smith, who runs downfield routes, and there was no reason for the Saints to throw downfield last week when you're stomping your opponent, you know, fifty-one to fourteen or whatever it was. So, uh, I and I, I don't think they're going to stomp the Eagles fifty-one to fourteen. Maybe they will stop the Eagles, but I think that the Eagles are going to score more points than than, than that. Uh, so. Uh, I, I like Traquan Smith a lot. You look at the Eagles secondary, and I did a tweet about this earlier in the week. The, the first team secondary had uh, Rod, Rodney McLeod, free safety. Uh, it had Sidney Jones, slot corner. It had Ronald Darby, uh, right, uh, right corner. And it had Jalen Mills, left corner. And it had Malcolm Jenkins, strong safety. And there's one dude remaining from from that, Malcolm Jenkins, and I don't think he's having his best year. I don't, you just you don't see him making plays very much this season. Um, so I, you know, their their secondary is in almost the worst possible shape, and uh, I think that they can the Saints can absolutely take advantage of that. Ben Watson just not running pass routes anymore. Uh, they have used Dan Arnold, they have used you know Josh Hill. Um, they want, you know, they wanted to use Des Bryant, but he tore his Achilles, uh, and now they're going to try it with um, <clears throat> Brandon Marshall. So, um, I think that I, I, I'm not trying to use any of the uh, of the Saints tight ends. You know, it's, it's a three man rotation, maybe even a four man rotation. I think that Brandon Marshall is going to be actually more of a tight end. Then a wide receiver, uh, Alvin Kamara, monster. You know, good if the if the the Eagles play good run defense, good. That's good for Alvin Kamara. You want him to be getting the ball in the passing game, 
and the Eagles have given up a lot of production in the passing game to opposing running backs. The game last week really set up well for the Bengals to, uh, I mean, for the Saints to uh, give Mark Ingram the ball more than usual. Uh, We've seen his two big games so far this year, and they both came in very similar style of games. They just controlled the game against uh, the Redskins, and they controlled the game against the Bengals, and Mark Ingram ate in those games. Hey, if you think that the Saints are going to control this game against the Eagles, you know, go for it with Mark Ingram. Uh, I think that the Eagles are going to show up and score points, but, you know, guess what? I thought that too last week, and that did not happen. So Eagles, uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm playing him in Daily Fantasy this week, absolutely. Uh, trying to pair him with Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz, shoot, you know, I, I thought that there was a chance that Golden Tate might cut into his targets. No. Uh, Golden Tate was the Eagles' fourth receiver in his first game, and I'm sure that his usage is going to rise, but uh, he didn't do anything to cut into Zach Ertz' uh uh, production in, in week in the first week, Zachers had his best game all year from a box score standpoint. Uh, so I think that that is absolutely the, the stack there uh, to continue to roll with. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey probably going to get a lot of Marshawn Lattimore, and Alshon Jeffrey he's looked great at times this year, but he's been really up and down in in what has been a fairly up and down passing game, and. Um, you know, there's no vertical threat to help these guys out. There really is no vertical threat in the Eagles' passing attack, and that has been, um, you know, I think that that has been one of the biggest issues for them, really. You know, last year, at least, it was Torrey Smith. They were hoping that it would be Mike Wallace, but he got injured, and they have a bunch of other underneath dudes. No one's even averaging over 12 yards per catch. I mean, Alshon's at 11.8, Zach Ertz right around 10. Uh, Aguilar is what, like nine. Aguilar was still the the slot receiver last week. He was still the primary slot receiver. Actually played real well. Five catches for eighty three. Um, he's kind of sneaky this week. I, I don't I don't think that he's going to be changed out very much. I mean I think that they're going to continue to roll with him. He played more in the slot than Golden Tate did. Golden Tate they try to like go, manufacture touches for Golden Tate. It, it didn't go very well. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it can be hard to incorporate a receiver uh, in season. We've seen the which strange is that, you know, when we think about the Cowboys and the Eagles coaching staff, the Cowboys were able to do it seamlessly with Amari Cooper, and Eagles struggled to do it, at least in the first game. With Golden Tate, running game is just an absolute nightmare for the Eagles, both in real life and fantasy. Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement have been bad. Uh, Josh Adams has been good, but you know he's like a one-phase runner, and uh, he has one target in the passing game all season. And this game does not set up well for Josh Adams. I would, I think he's worth stashing in all season-long leagues, but this game does not set up well for him. Eagles are big dogs on the road. Um, and uh, he doesn't again. He doesn't play in the passing game, and the Saints are great in terms of rushing efficiency allowed, which is Josh Adams' uh, bread and butter. We can move on to the next one. 
Sunday night, looking forward to this one. Vikings off a bye against Trubisky, Khalil Mack, and the Bears there in Chicago. Yeah, this is a great real-life game that is um, not easy to analyze in fantasy. Um, First of all, I don't know if uh, a bunch of these Vikings defenders uh, and offensive linemen they were out before the bye will be coming back. My guess is that they're probably going to get back almost everyone. Uh, it was a lot of dudes. Okay, It was Riley Reef at left tackle. It was Tom Compton at left guard. I think that Riley Reef actually did come back in the game before the bye, so he should certainly be back. Um, and then uh, Anthony Barr, uh, outside linebacker. Andrew Sandejo, free safety. Um Xavier Rhodes, uh, he did come back in the game before the bye, but he couldn't make it through the whole game, but I would guess he's back. Um, you know, Linval Joseph has been back. Uh, Everson Griffin has been back. So um, that's that's a lot of talent right there that the, the Eagles, that the Vikings were missing in the first half of the season. All those guys combined to miss a ton of games. Um but, I mean, this is going to be, you know, a real tough test for Mitchell Trubisky, who has just destroyed bad defenses. Uh, the Lions are a bad defense. You know, the Buccaneers are a bad defense. Uh, but this is going to be a major test for Mitchell Trubisky. In the scheme, I mean, Matt Nagy just gets dudes open. The dudes are open all day long for the Bears. And uh, Mitchell Trubisky has done a better job than not of getting them the ball he still has the head scratching throws you know balls in the dirt throws into crowds but um he also has made a lot of plays and he's very very dangerous with his legs Uh, and that's really the most underrated aspect of his game he's second among quarterbacks in rushing yards behind only cam newton he's like a fringe he's a volatile quarterback one play this week, I do have him in some spots this week. I think I'm going to go with Marriott over over him. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of in the range that where he is. Uh, Mariota versus Mitchell Trubisky. Another good thing for him, but not so good for fantasy, is that the Bears' pass catcher core is fully back intact. Um, that makes it difficult to sort out. You know, Allen Robinson, of course, he looks like an alpha wide receiver one against Detroit when they don't have Darius Slay. How's he going to look against Xavier Rhodes? You know, Taylor Gabriel goes catchless last week. Taylor Gabriel has two games over 100 yards this season and seven below 55. Uh, Trey Burton has the best matchup by far among the Bears pass catchers against the Vikings who've been shredded by tight ends. Slav receiver Anthony Miller, you know, we talked about him before the season as a guy who um, might even be a, a, a sleeper to lead the team in receiving. And, you know, he's showed that over the last five games uh, that, that he, that he couldn't be that guy. Um, you know, he probably would need like Allen Robinson to get hurt again or something. Uh, but he's that type of player. He's a volume slot receiver and he's out there. He has not been at a hundred percent. He's like playing in a shoulder harness. So, I think that Anthony Miller uh, is like a, like like a lower end wide receiver three, kind of riskier wide receiver three, uh, but the matchup isn't bad at all 
Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, the Viking slot cornerback, their weakest corner, uh, and a guy that you can attack, and Matt Nagy may look to specifically attack. Jordan Howard, completely touchdown or bust, you know, no passing game role. Um, Greg Cosell recently mentioned that he thought that Jordan Howard was looking a little pudgy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm no one, I'm no one to call anybody pudgy, but uh, I would say that he probably hasn't looked at, at his, uh, his, uh, premium self so far this year. And he's, he's not been good unless he scored touchdowns in fantasy. Tarek Cohen, uh, I think is going to play a lot more than Jordan Howard in this game. Uh, and I think that he is an all right RB2 slash flex in PPR leagues. Uh, Bears defense also uh, a pretty good play just because the, the Vikings offensive line is is bad. Um, Kirk Cousins has been great under pressure, though, this year. Uh, I, I'm not looking to play him at Soldier Field. It's going to be cold. I can tell you right now I live in Chicago and, you know, it's it's freezing, man. And it's supposed to be freezing all week long. Uh, I, I would expect it to be very cold on Sunday night uh, at Soldier Field, uh, right off the lake. I mean, that's uh, you know, I don't I don't necessarily live right off the lake, but it gets real cold and windy. Uh, Kirk Cousins not not a good matchup for him. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, you know, uh, Adam Thielen. The, the Bears have done a very good job against Adam Thielen. I was surprised to, when, I, when I looked this up, but it's, it's only a four-game sample. But, I mean, they have won four, all four of the battles. No touchdowns, no 60-yard games. Something to note, uh, you know, the, uh, we're playing Adam Thielen in fantasy, but, uh, you know, his, his matchup is, is kind of difficult, at least based on historical – um, you know, batter versus pitcher, team versus uh, specific individual player. The Bears have not done a good job uh, against Stefan Diggs, uh, though, and I thought that that was interesting to note as well. Uh, he has had monster games against the Bears. Um, Kyle Rudolph, uh, first of all, the Bears have not given up a single 50-yard game to a tight end yet this season. Kyle Rudolph has been a disappointment. Uh, not scoring touchdowns, has five targets inside the the, uh, the 10-yard line, tied for the most on the team with Adam Thielen, but has only converted one into a touchdown. He's just a touchdown or bust guy. Dalvin Cook looked very good uh, before the bye week, and he looked like a guy that maybe the Vikings might try to go back to featuring. I think that Latavius Murray is definitely going to be involved, uh, but Dalvin Cook is the better option. The 70-yard run that he had was the fastest run play clocked by next-gen stats all season. Uh, that I thought that was a, a promising sign for Dalvin Cook. Then he's got the bye. Now he's coming off. Uh, he should be good to go as an RB2, and I do think that he's a buy low in fantasy the rest of the way. We can move on to the Monday night. Monday night was supposed to be in Mexico City. Now it's L.A. Chiefs, Rams. I mean, is there anybody not to start? Is there anything to say about this game? That's the question. That's the question. Um, no, I mean, we could talk about, like, the smaller guys. I mean, you know the deal with Pat Mahomes and, you know, Jared Goff and Gurley and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, I think, is an awesome play. We saw the 
Rams get lit up last week by the Seahawks, who didn't even have their starting running back. Um, the they 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 got lit up on the ground. I mean, I mean, they had what, like almost three hundred rushing yards against Seattle or against the Rams at like eight yards per attempt. Um, you know, Tyreek on the road. You know, that's that's always that that's worked for us for years at this point. Um, Kelsey against the Rams. Rams have not been particularly good against tight ends. Uh, Brandon Cooks against the the Seahawks or the Chiefs um, outside cornerbacks. Whew, that's major major mismatch there. Uh, so Cooper Cup is out, and what the Rams have done previously is use Robert Woods at slot receiver and put Josh Reynolds in on the outside. Um, the Chiefs have played their best defense against slot receivers, you know, and there have been a number of weeks where, you know, I knew that and I still tested it and it didn't go well. You know, uh, most recently, uh, Larry Fitzgerald against the Chiefs. Now he had 10 targets and he had six catches for 50 yards and it's definitely not a terrible game. But I, I definitely expected more from him. And the Chiefs have not given up big games to slot receivers since, like, week two. Um, so that is notable for Robert Woods. Um, Josh Reynolds is real, real interesting here. So everyone wanted to play him in daily fantasy when – so Cooper Cup missed two games with an MCL injury. Everyone play, wanted to play him in daily fantasy the first game, and he did, like, nothing. I mean, I can't – I don't – I don't even think he got a target. Uh, but then the second game came, and no one wanted to play him. And, of course, he scores two touchdowns in that game. you know. And so I, I think that people are probably going to go back to him. He's real cheap, uh, and he's in this game with, you know, a, it, I know the total has probably come down a little bit uh, because it's not in Mexico. I don't know. Maybe it hasn't come, come down. Uh, but I think it's still going to be above 60. And one thing that Jonathan Bales noted, Jonathan Bales of Action Network Fantasy Labs, we've had him on the show before, uh, he noted that uh, there have been, what, 11 games uh, since over the past couple of decades that have been uh, totals of 57.5 or more. All of them went over the total and it's by an average of 10 points. So, you know, we might get a 70-point game here uh, between Kansas City and the Rams. And, uh, you know, you want just access to that game with Josh Reynolds, with, you know, what are some of the cheaper pieces? Um, uh, maybe Sammy Watkins, you know. Uh, another guy to me to think about is Gerald Everett, who – we talked about last week he had five targets. He ran a season high in routes in week nine. Then week ten he scored a touchdown. His routes were down, though. Um, but now that Cooper Cub is out for the year, they may commit to using Gerald Everett more. You know, just in, the, in that two-game little window, he didn't do a whole lot. But, you know, they knew that Cooper Cup was coming back, so there wasn't necessarily any reason to tweak their offense. But... Gerald Everett, now that they know that Cooper Cup is not coming back, he becomes a somewhat interesting streamer. Uh, and, you know, that's really all we have to say about the game. I mean, just, 
you know, you're playing the Thursday Monday slate on DFS in DFS. You're going to want to have as many dudes in here as you possibly can, because if you don't, you're going to be like looking at your winnings, and every time the ball moves in this game, your winnings are just going to be going down and down and down, and that's that's never fun. The goal really should be to try to just get as find as many good values in the Thursday through Sunday games uh, to, to just be able to get access to this game with as many of your spots, as many of your lineup spots as you possibly can. Good luck to everyone in week 11. Evan, that was incredible as always. Dare I say you were rad today, Evan. You were rad. Why am I saying you were rad? I'm saying you were rad. Because Rad Power Bikes is a consumer direct electric bike company producing five unique models of electric bikes. I need one of these bad boys so badly. On top of their already awesome prices, this Cyber Monday, November 26th, Rad Power Bikes is making it even easier to get people riding. Deals on all models of electric bikes, up to $400 off per model, one-day-only sale on Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday also includes free shipping on all electric bikes to the lower 48 states. All five models can reach 20 miles per hour with zero pedaling. This is awesome. This I need one of these. A lot of times the sponsors will hook me up. Rad Power Bikes. You got you to gotta hook me up, dude. I know this is probably too expensive for them to hook me up, but I got to talk to them because I want to get one of these bad boys. Visit radpowerbikes.com slash podcast to learn more. Don't forget to shop their Cyber Monday sale on November 26th to save big. Radpowerbikes.com slash podcast that sounds awesome evan i think you would like that you know flying around chicago probably seems like it's good for uh for cities like that you know just zoom 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 all around rather than walking everywhere it's money almost as money as you are evan that'll do it for the fantasy feast eating podcast this week hopefully you guys already check out the business of sports with andrew brandt the ross tucker football podcast even money for those of you like to place uh, a bet here or there. Hopefully you guys check out all those things. iTunes, rankings, comments, or Apple Podcasts now. Always appreciate. Those make a huge difference for us. If you guys can give us those rankings, we appreciate it. Other than that, I think we're done here. I'm stuffed. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.